Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome to the Crop Watch Podcast. I am your host, Melissa Bartles, a cropping systems educator with Nebraska Extension. And today I will be joined by Dr. Tamara Jackson Zims, and we will be talking about Southern Rust and Corn. Thank you for joining me today, Tamara. How are you doing? Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. And for our new listeners that haven't heard you on our podcast before, can you tell us a little bit about your role in Extension? Certainly. I am an Extension plant pathologist and I have statewide responsibility for diseases of corn, grain, sorghum, and more recently, temporarily for soybean diseases as well. Great. So Southern rust has been confirmed here in Nebraska. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be eager to hear what you have to say about this particular disease that hits us usually about this time of year. Yes, uh, you know, it may be just a handful of days earlier than we reported it last year, but this is about the right time. And so there's some critical things to keep in mind here. And, you know, we've just found a trace amount right now. And in, it's not unusual to find just a, a leaf here and there as people stumble across it while they're scouting fields and whatnot. And so the other thing too, is that we can find southern rust spores on other leaves too. And so that's just a reminder that we've got inoculum, fungal spores being blown up from Kansas and other southern states. And that If the weather is appropriate or the canopy conditions with the high relative humidity, the right temperatures, we will see some infection and disease development. And so I I suspect as more people start looking, and that's what we recommend, right? We we hope people will get out and especially scout those fields that are at higher risk uh, in the southern counties of Nebraska, especially if they're irrigated. The ones that are at highest risk would be if you had some really late planted fields or for some reason you had to replant. Younger plant tissue tends to be more susceptible, but also has a longer time period for maturation. And so uh, if you develop rust in those fields, we definitely want to watch that and uh, know when that happens. That scenario might mean later on a fungicide application might be needed. And so a few things to keep in mind as you're looking for southern rust. This fungus is one that does not overwinter, so that's why it blows in every year. And you may see rust development anywhere in the canopy. But right now, I think you're more likely to find it in the mid to lower canopy where the humidity is higher. But if you've got high humidity, you know, a weather period where you've got a a lot of really muggy weather, it can be anywhere on any leaf. So you got to look up and down. And what you're looking for are little clusters of orange to tan pustules or spores being produced. And those are usually for southern rust produced mainly on the upper leaf surface. Close to the midrib and later in the season you might see a few pop through to the bottom. They're small compared to those of common rust and the color's a little bit different but I I don't think people should get hung up on the color difference. The uh, location of the pustules, their size uh, is probably a little more reliable. And again, if you have any doubts at all, please send us a sample to someone in Nebraska Extension or the Plant and Pest Diagnostic Clinic. We can tell under the microscope almost instantly which disease 
is out there. And if you're unsure before you make a, a decision on an application, let us help. And there's several, several folks that have the capability with microscopes to look at that. A few other things that we need to keep in mind is we do have a few corn hybrids that have some resistance to southern rust. Now, that wasn't the case when I first started several years ago, but now we, we have a little resistance, but most hybrids don't and are susceptible. And under the right conditions, this disease can move quickly. Usually what happens is during the first couple weeks or so after we have our first confirmation of rust, we see a little bit of it start to pop up here and there, maybe as more people are looking, just maybe timing as we start to see more disease development. And it's in the weeks after that where we have the potential for it to spread quickly and become severe. And so normally it takes a few weeks for all this to really start happening. And that's, I think that's an important factor when we're talking about fungicide applications. And we've got, um, historically, there's data suggesting that most fungicides really only provide their best top protection for about 21 days. And so that means application timing might be important here. And that sometimes applications made too early, if rust really doesn't develop for several weeks, most of that protection may be gone before you really need it the most. But uh, I understand other people are spraying for other reasons and sometimes uh, improvements in standability. And it seems like we get our best standability when we apply about VT to R1, which is about now for a lot of folks. And I know it's a hard decision. A second thing I think I want to mention, too, is that if you are thinking about a fungicide application, you know, especially if you've started to see spread in your field, you know it's susceptible, maybe you're irrigating at high risk. There's a number of products that, of course, are available to us now, and we do have ratings on how well those products work against southern rust and other diseases, and those are published in a couple of places that you can access them. So the first place is a publication from Nebraska Extension. We call it EC130. It's affectionately called the Weed Guide, uh, the big spiral bound book. The 2021 version is red, and if you got your pesticide license or recertification recently, you'll have a copy of this on hand. And those books for the last few years, we've got a disease management section and some of the information in there is about product efficacy. And it'll give you ratings in a table. And those ratings come from disease fungicide trials that were from not just Nebraska, but our colleagues all across the country where we put them together. We look at the results. And so um, that's kind of, and there's an explanation there where the data come from. If you don't have a copy of that book, you can, of course, purchase it through the UNL Marketplace or maybe from your local extension office. But there's also a copy of a publication summarizing the same table from the Crop Protection Network. And so if you Google that and look for uh, corn fungicide efficacy ratings, you'll find it there for free. Yes, very good resources to keep on hand and some tough decisions out there. It's just hard to know what works for you. There's just not a good blanket answer. So what kind of yield loss can we expect from this Southern rust disease? You know, that's tricky because it's hard for us to predict how severe this will become. And all of that depends on 
how favorable the weather conditions are, our susceptibility of the hybrids in the field. And it could be on a case-by-case or field-by-field basis. Under the you know worst-case scenarios where we've had severe epidemics, there have been yield losses measured at uh, up to 45%. So terrible yield loss. Of course, that's going to be pretty unusual and very, very severe. I think it's much more likely it's less. There are some years where we probably don't have any yield loss to southern rust, where it just, it moves into the state and kind of, uh, kind of fizzles out because it's either too cool or too dry or some other reason. And so you just don't know until we get into it. More likely we'll see some areas of the state heavier, more heavily affected than others. And it's just a matter of where you're at. And especially some of those in the south central part of the state and southeast, we've more consistently seen seen that. So as we look at the next couple weeks, I know temperature is going to play a factor in this disease. What type of environment or field conditions, I guess, does this particular pathogen like? Well, that's a good question. And like most of the fungi that we talk about, fungal diseases, fungi need moisture. And some of them can use just high humidity, and that's enough. Others need free moisture or wetness on the leaf surface. Well, this is one of those pathogens that just needs high relative humidity. And that's enough for these spores to germinate and infect and cause disease. And the other part about this that we should keep in mind is we often provide the moisture that's needed and and create humidity in the canopy with our irrigation. And on top of that, if you walk outside and it's muggy, it's uncomfortable for you, the dew point is high, high relative humidity, it's probably even more so inside that corn canopy. And so uh, if there's dew, uh, your shoes are getting wet or you're walking in the cornfield, you're getting wet. That's plenty for infection. But temperature is also important. The optimal temperature range for the southern rust fungus is about 77 to lower 80s. And, you know, this time of year, we often have high temperatures in the 90s and sometimes 100. And people think that it maybe it's too hot. But actually, those are some of the conditions where we tend to see more southern rust. And it's not because of the daytime temperatures. It might be nighttime temperatures or that we're in that optimal range for a longer period of time as the temperatures increase and decrease throughout the day. And so just keep some of those things in mind. And cloudy days, things like that are also are going to play a, a role in that. And so it'll help you decide and the weather forecast itself will help you kind of gauge what the risk is moving forward. Well, I can definitely say we have the mugginess. I think the humidity has been quite high recently, at least in the southeast part of Nebraska. Even the weatherman has been saying it's going to get muggy. That may not be uh, what anybody wants to hear moving forward. (laughs) It's not a good sign for us either. (laughs) Right. So now that it's been confirmed, at least here in Nebraska, How do our producers monitor where it's at? Is there any resources out there that keep track of Southern Rust for us? Good question. So there is a website where we update and color counties according to where we've received samples from that have tested positive for Southern Rust or even ones that are suspicious and we're trying to get them to the lab to have them tested. And if you probably the easiest way to find it is if you just type into Google or another search engine uh, Southern Corn Rust 
and IPM pipe, P-I-P-E, you are going to find that. And that's probably the easiest way to open that map up. And so what you'll find when you open it up is you'll see a lot of a smattering of counties, some colored in red or yellow. Keep in mind, red counties are where we've received at least one sample. That could be a single leaf that someone found that was positive from that county. It doesn't necessarily mean all the fields are affected by it. It may also mean that counties that are not colored, maybe they may have disease and just hasn't been found yet. And that, that's a likely scenario. And so what you're going to see over the coming days and weeks as we get more samples and we continue to update that map is you'll see more and more counties pop up. Yes. Very important to know that just because your county isn't lit up doesn't mean that the disease isn't there. It means that we have not received a positive sample from that county to color it in. Great. What's going to happen too is if we have significant disease development, spores are going to continue to move. And so those will move uh, around this part of the state and further north as well. And hopefully uh, we don't see southern rust too much further north. That was a surprise for a lot of folks last year in that part of the state and required some fungicides up there in some of the worst hit fields. And so check out that website. You can also find a link to that on your CropWatch website now. This is a hot topic right now. And so I thank our editor for adding that right there on the front at the bottom. Perfect. Great. Thank you for your time today. Do you have any programs or articles coming out that are related to this topic or resources you would recommend? Other places you can get information uh, in addition to Nebraska Extension is also the Crop Protection Network. I can't say that enough. That is a group of, of all of us from land-grant university systems working together to provide resources for our clientele, and they're all free, and there's a lot of them at your fingertips. Just type in Google CropProtectionNetwork.org. And they have great pictures. So if you do pull a sample from your field and you're just trying to look to see what it looks similar to, that resource has some really nice pictures. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today. And I hope everyone has a great growing season. Thanks a lot, Melissa. We really appreciate it. And we uh, wish everybody a safe and prosperous summer.